welcome everybody. It's time once again to grab your board. Maybe it's the snowboard this time of year and ride that sales pipeline with our gold medal winner, Matt Hines. We're going to get to customer success and advocacy. We've got a lot to talk about today. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us on another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. We are here every week at 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern. We are live on the Lead uh, Funnel Media Radio Network, and we are featuring every week experts in B2B sales and marketing. Today is no different. We have Jocelyn Brown. She is the VP of Customer Success at Allocadia. She is uh, from Canada. Really, really excited to have her join us today uh, to talk a lot more about customer success and customer advocacy. Jocelyn, thanks again for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure, Matt. If you've listened to this show in the past, you know that we are as guilty as a lot of B2B marketers and that we spend the majority of our time talking about acquisition. We spend the majority of our time talking about getting customers on board. And when you look at the budgets and the resources from a lot of B2B marketing groups, I think that's reflected there as well. You've got all these people and budgets and marketing technology devoted to acquisition. And then when it comes to sort of keeping customers, oftentimes it's it's a toll-free number and an occasional newsletter. And I don't know if you saw just this morning, a friend of both of ours, Paul Tashima, who's the CEO of Nudge, he put something up on LinkedIn talking about customer success then and now, that previously it might have been more reactive, it was more support and service. Now it's really a revenue driver for the business to drive advocacy, ambassadors of the brand, expansion. So what maybe used to be kind of a you know, maybe an afterthought, maybe something that was thought of as more reactive, administrative, and tactical is now very much a strategic part of the business. So we'd love to have you kind of talk about your perspective there and then what you guys are doing with that at Allocadia as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think probably the advent of subscription economy really of SaaS is what has put just such a spotlight on retention, on investment in your customers. And that business model really has given a seat at the table to those folks that actually work with the customers day in, day out, because we sort of have to earn their business every day. Uh, Their barrier to leave is very low, and we need to make sure that they are constantly uh, feeling uh, like they're getting value and feeling valued in that sort of business relationship. And I've been doing it for 10 plus years, probably longer than that, if I were to really admit it. And really for me, being with the customer is where it's at. It is really the center of the, the company from results, from revenue, from, from sort of anything. I actually work with customers uh, post-sale, but I also own a fairly large number in that I am responsible for all the renewal revenue and also all of our expansion revenue, which accounts for a very significant part of our growth. So to say it's just kind of an afterthought or a piece is a, a gross kind of misunderstanding of the economics of a SaaS business. Uh, no so question. certainly at Allocadia. Uh, the, the customer is the center really of everything. And, uh, you know, we build our product for that. We organize our journey for that. Our customers really lead our marketing. Uh, they are our best kind of voice in the market. Uh, peer-to-peer references are kind of the most valuable to our prospects. So putting the time and effort and attention into our customers to make sure that they're receiving value means that they're going to talk about it. They're going to explain it in the market. They're going to continue to work with us and advocate for our business. So I think those that haven't figured that out yet are behind. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And let's, and let's talk about how that relates to what we do talk a lot about here, even on the acquisition side, which is the buying journey. Uh, and I think yeah. oftentimes we think of the buying journey too often as ending when someone buys. Like that may be the middle, that may be the end of the sales process, but it's really the middle of what I'd call the revenue bow tie. You know, the, you may yeah. have gotten someone to buy 
But that's when things really begin. As someone who's who spent quite a bit of time, and I want to get back and talk about the Aliqua days as well, how do you, as a customer sort of success professional, think about the buying journey? It's way beyond the closed deal, right? Absolutely. I think also just in the, the nature of how people buy now, because it's a lot easier to try things, because it's a lot easier to sort of start small and grow from there, you also are seeing that people are really trying and then expanding. So that land and expand strategy uh, that we were successful with at Aliqua and is a very big piece of our strategy at Alicadia is let's get people in experiencing our product, experiencing our team, solving their problem, maybe at a smaller scale, and then help them kind of map out how to get to a fully executed strategy and a fully executed. And that there's there's really no downside to us bringing in a customer at a sort of smaller scale because we know, first of all, that our technology is going to help them. We know that our team understands what's going on, has done it many, many times before and is going to provide them the right kind of guidance. And we know if we let them kind of set the terms of how they grow that it's going to be the right solution and the right fit. We're not going to kind of have to back into it based on a sales cycle that maybe not everybody knew enough to run really, really well. So for us, there's no fear of people coming in and sort of trying it out a bit first because history tells us that that's a great place for us to start and to grow. And we've had great success there. And then it makes the whole process a little less friction in the process for the customer and a lot easier. They don't have to fix everything all at once. We don't have to do a big bang release. We can really kind of move them along. And that's a little change in the buying process. That's a little change in technology where integrations and things like that are easier. But that's also just our philosophy. We want you to get a feel for our technology, to feel some relief of us being able to help you solve that problem and for you to then experience our team. Because our team really is so invested in making sure that you are successful, that you're going to partner with us. It's going to feel like a real partnership. Talking today on Sales Pipeline Radio with Jocelyn Brown. She's the Vice President of Customer Success at Alicadia. Uh, I mean, this is a company that clearly is bought in on doing customer success right. I think by by having your position there, by having the resources and the focus there, I think it is a part of the culture. It is a part of the priorities. And I think, you know, that was clear to me as well. And I think I met you for the first time back when you were at Eloqua, which was eventually bought by Oracle. And, you know, the Eloqua Experience conferences, there aren't very many conferences I go to where you see more hugs than handshakes. You know, when you see, you know, people that hadn't even met each other before, but because of the relationship they built, because of the bond that existed between customers and not just the company, but the people at the company, um, that is an incredible competitive advantage. Talk about how customer success and customer uh, advocacy was really at the heart of the culture of Eloqua and how that's really sort of developed the programs you've built from that point forward. I mean, there's no question that Part of my goal is to recreate some of what was so great at Eloqua. And I've been very fortunate in that there are a lot of people here that are willing to come along that ride with me. There are so many good examples of what we did there, but I think the primary one was that everybody believed that the customer was at the center of what we were doing. There was sort of a concept that the customer was in the room all the time. All of our meeting rooms were named after customers. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone in the company had some portion of their compensation tied to a customer success type of metric. It really was pervasive. We talked about our cost, our uh, marketing was led by the voice of our customers. We told stories all the time. They were always there. They were ever present. And I think that just meant that we were always thinking about them and 
We were very invested in not just the companies we were helping, but the individual people and the mm -hmm. relationships that were driving that. Another part of the customer evangelism and customer experience program at Eloqua that I, I was certainly a part of as well as a as a Eloqua customer and partner was Topline. Your customer success staff extended into your customers. You had customers that were essentially you know ambassadors and support staff in many cases for each other. And I think talk a little bit about where Topliners came from and sort of why that was such a key part of the success for you. The investment or the choice to really put that kind of investment in there came out of a project called ICE. It was the ideal customer experience where people from sort of all of the Postville's functions got together and tried to figure out where are all the ways that we can make this experience even better for our customers, where we can make it easy to do business with us, where we can celebrate success, where we can share stories, where we can help people grow together. And it was just clear that we needed to get as much of our expertise, not just from the staff, but from the customers that had grown up with us through that sort of transformation in marketing into marketing automation out there as we could. And really, it was also an extension of, of we'd very successfully been running uh, small customer events throughout our region, mostly in the US, but even in Europe, where we'd get customers together and we almost didn't have to present anything. They wanted to talk to each other. And we just saw this amazing networking effect and this incredible desire for everybody to help everybody else. Uh, so we, we really felt like we were building something. Uh, it was a pretty transformative time in the B2B marketing space. And everybody was on that same mission and everybody wanted to help everybody else. So Top Learners really was our best way to kind of amplify that. And as you know, it really did exactly that where our customers became our best educators, our best marketers, and really the best source for expertise. Topliners just uh, we probably just said this would be it was basically a discussion board. It was a, it was a discussion board with comment threads where you could attach documents and. I mean, like a lot of companies have those, but I think hopefully what you've heard from Jocelyn so far is there was something very special about the culture. There was something about the priorities of the organization, the people that were leading it, the people that founded it, and, you know, that, that really drove what happened with customers. And I think, you know, you can set up meshes boards, you can start newsletters, but unless you have that culture, it's not going to go where you want it to go. We're going to have to take a quick break here, pay some bills. We'll be back in just a couple minutes with more with Jocelyn Brown, Vice President of Customer Success at Alcadia, talking a lot more about advocacy, a little more about the old Eloqua days and what she sees moving forward in terms of driving more revenue responsible customer programs that you've been listening to Sales Pipeline Radio. In a world where the speed of innovation and change in B2B marketing has never been greater, the only thing bigger is the need for clarity, for a blueprint, for a guide to what's really working. And how about a way to apply it specifically today to increase sales pipeline growth, velocity, and most of all, conversion. That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide. And amazingly, you can download it for free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds, H-E-I-N-Z-M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G. It encompasses the entire sales and marketing cycle, but in quick bursts with lots of specific, actionable ideas, strategies, tactics you can put to work right away, like today. The loaded table of contents helps you narrow in and tackle a problem, and it's something you can come back to over and over again as a reference guide. Why not download your free copy of the Modern Marketer's Field Guide? It's free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds. H-E-I-N-Z, marketing.com. 
All right, back to our program with Matt Hyde. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining. If you like what you're hearing today, make sure you join us every week. Coming up in the next couple of weeks, next week on Sales Pipeline Radio, we have Joe Highland. He's the CMO of On24. We're going to talk about secrets of CMOs, the secret successes behind small B2Bs to revenue leaders. Joe has started a podcast called Confessions of a CMO. And we talk a little bit about that. And the week after our first episode in March, I'm super excited. We have Jill Conrath. She is one of my favorite people in the B2B sales world. She's written a number of books, including Snap Selling, and just hugely, hugely influential to me and to others in B2B sales. So excited to have her join the program as well. Today, we still have some a little more time with Jocelyn Brown. She's the VP of Customer Success at Alacadia. You know, Jocelyn, it's from your journey from Eloqua to Oracle to where you are today. Having that sort of culture and focus on customer success is great, but I think continuing to provide ideas and insights to your customers Oftentimes, and I think we've seen this data from Gartner and CEB and others, it's not just providing a phone number to call. It's not adding more features. It's really helping your customers become smarter, giving them new ideas and insights. That is a huge competitive differentiator. So the content we're seeing on, online and then what you're providing to customers is a huge part of your job as well. Absolutely. And I think to bring it to sort of brass tacks, as much as we talked about a lot of, sort of softer stuff in the culture of Eloqua that really drove such an amazing community for us. I mean, that resulted in in real impact and real results, and that came with investment. It doesn't happen by accident, and there is a real outcome to that. So customer success should not be mistaken for dialing for smiles. It's absolutely not that. When you understand a customer's business, when you have a great relationship and great empathy for what they're trying to accomplish, and you're really trying to help them solve that problem, you will make that company successful and they will grow and buy more and you will make that individual successful and they will remember that and they will take you everywhere they go. And that amplifying effect of advocacy comes from the real work of listening, understanding and providing solutions for your customers. That includes your software, but also in advice and guidance in connections in helping them talk to peers that are struggling with the same things. I wouldn't want anybody to, to mistake customer success just for service or something soft. It, it has a true and very real business benefit. Absolutely. Yeah, I think a lot of people listening probably are in that that camp we talked about at the beginning of the uh, of the episode around yeah. just not really having people, not having resources. And so if I'm if I'm a VP of marketing, if I'm a CMO listening to this saying, yeah, this makes sense, we need to be doing this, but I don't have a Jocelyn on my team yet. I don't have a you know, we don't have this in my budget. What are some things people can do to sort of build the foundation for a a, a more impactful customer success uh, effort? Yeah, absolutely. The, the good news is it, it's probably an extension of some of the stuff you already do. That idea of journey mapping that's talked about a lot in the B2B marketing, it's extending that all the way through the customer lifecycle and understanding the touch points, the content, the tools, the other types of things, the triggers, all the way through that. They're going to help the customer that are going to provide opportunity for your company and sort of seeing where your gaps are and where you might be able to get the kind of biggest bang for your buck in terms of closing that gap. Understanding the journey that your customer is going through in using your tool is just as important as understanding the journey that they go through in researching, understanding, and making a buying decision. But a lot of the same tools apply. A lot of the same theory applies. A lot of the same work can be done. For me, it's always going to involve a team. I think that, and certainly in B2B, nothing really can replace that relationship and that empathy and somebody really feeling like you care what happens 
to them in the context of how you're working with them. I had um, the good fortune of a, a customer who I've I realized I've worked with for 11 years, come visit us in our headquarters. And just before she got up to tell her story, she sort of turned to me and said, having a company really care about you matters. Mm -hmm. It matters a lot. And she's a buyer. She's the person making that decision and that matters to her. So I think sometimes people forget the human equation that there's real work in building relationships and that those relationships carry an inherent value for the customer and for the company that's sort of working with them. Now, there's no doubt about that. There aren't enough people that I think prioritize that. I think too often yeah. we look at the spreadsheet and we manage through, you know, through the numbers we want to hit. We look at customers as buildings, but buildings don't actually sign checks. The people inside the buildings do. And there's something about having a good relationship with someone and showing and proving that you care that not only generates loyalty, but gives, gives you a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. You know, you've yeah. got you know, things are going to break, you know, things are going to not work the way they want you want them to. Um, so, you know, and I think in the right environments, you know, in, well, in, in, in most environments, you get customers that are angry and that yell and scream and get upset in an environment where you actually make this part of the culture where you make you make a care. They call and wonder what they can do to help you. They're rooting Absolutely. for you to, get, to, to do it well. Before we have to wrap up here in a couple minutes, you've been doing this for a while. I think there's a lot of people that I know that, you know, you've worked with that you, we've talked about in the past that you've learned from who for people that want to learn more about how to do this right. Who are some of the people that have been influential for you? People in terms of customer care, customer advocacy uh, that you'd recommend people go and read. I take just an incredible amount of learning from my days at Eloqua, and I continue to work with those people and talk to them. So you mentioned Paul Tashima. He certainly work, writes on customer success and the power of relationships. Heather Fay, who's at Lookbook, is probably one of the most talented advocacy leaders that I've really ever met. I'm a Gainsight customer, so I spend a lot of time reading their content and have uh, had a chance to meet Allison Pickens. I think she writes some really great stuff and some really practical stuff maybe about the operational and organizational things that maybe people are kind of craving. You've got uh, just, you've actually got a plethora of people talking about it right now. What I would suggest is find the meetup in your local city and go and talk to a bunch of people. It's really in that networking effect and in that community that I get my best ideas and I get my greatest value. Because as we are kind of building up this kind of a profession, you don't know who's going to have your next best idea. And I think people are bringing experience from lots of other functions that is just accelerating the growth of customer success and just making us better. So find your friends. I love to hear from people. I'm very happy to, to talk to them. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, my Twitter handle is Joss Brown. J-O-C-E Brown. Uh, I'm happy to interact on this stuff because that's what's fun for me. Appreciate you doing that. And I think, you know, your approach here and your answers are reinforce everything I know about you just being a very yeah. genuine, very customer-centric person and very, very open to sharing ideas and, and your experience with others. So appreciate that very much. I would echo the find friends, meet friends, stay connected with friends that also have similar roles, not necessarily in your industry, not necessarily with your same type of customer. I think sometimes if you get into other industries, Absolutely. other customer situations, you might discover something that you hadn't thought about in your four walls that someone else is doing because of what feels natural to them that might be truly innovative and new in your industry that gives you another edge. So definitely important to continue to be lifelong learners. Well, speaking, Paul, lifelong learners, we're going to have to wrap things up here on another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. If you like what you hear today and if you want to share this episode with other people on your team, you can do so a number of different ways. You can go in a couple of days to salespipelineradio.com. We will have this entire episode on demand. 
and you can share that with uh, your your friends, peers, and colleagues, all episodes, past, present, and future of Sales Pipeline Radio up on salespipelineradio.com. Make sure you don't miss another episode. Subscribe uh, to the series up on iTunes Store, Google Play, and we'll have a highlight of this session on uh, HeinzMarketing.com in just a few days as well with links to uh, the Allocadia content page, with links to the upcoming workshop, and then we'll put a link to uh, Jocelyn's Twitter account as well. So thank you very much, Jocelyn, for joining us today. We've got a great couple of weeks of episodes coming up as usual. Thank you very much for joining us on behalf of my great producer, Paul. This is Matt Hines. See you next week on Sales Pipeline Radio. Once again, you've been riding the sales pipeline with Matt Hines of Hines Marketing right here in the Funnel Radio Network for at-work listeners like you.